Welcome, my friends, to Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat, the podcast that never ends, where we gather our clan and talk about the peace and love in our lives, the difficulties along the journey, and how we rise up from them. We will experience a little thing I call cluberty together, and by the end of the show, we're going to find our sweet spot. I'm Uncle Dave, and our transformation starts right here. Hey now, and how are you doing? want to welcome you to the next episode of Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat. Today we have a very special guest. We have a U.S. veteran. We have Richard Kaufman, who actually is actually also the podcast host of one of the most amazing podcasts you'll hear, Vertical Momentum. So I can't wait to hear all the stories of resilience because his, one of his biggest passions is resilience, and you know that we love to do that, that Phoenix Rise. So how are you doing today, Richard? I'm doing amazing. I can't wait to hang out with you. I was so excited. I got my pre-workout, so I'm ready to roll. Awesome. Awesome. Great. Yeah. So I know we were just talking off, offline about having a great weekend. Um, well, you know, the easiest thing to do is, hey, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Because, I, you know, I want them to also pit my, my listeners. I would love them to listen to your stuff. I was listening to a bunch of your Many episodes. He has, he has an almost an episode a day. So you want to talk about a work ethic? The guy is just punching stuff away. Um, and listen, how did you come up with the name Vertical Momentum? I love it. It was actually uh, a friend of mine. I put out a post on Facebook. I'm like, all right, I need a, I need something that you know talks about what I do. And my friend, you know, Daniel Faust, he actually uh, mentioned. He's like, hey, but how about Vertical Momentum? I was like. Wow, that sounds that sounds really cool, and it's has some great things. So, so I can you know I have now I have my own merch, I have my own coffee. So it was now I have something I can actually sell. So if it wasn't for Daniel, I wouldn't be able to do to do what I do right now. So it's all it's all because of him. That's awesome. I mean, that's what it is. It's a finding the right community and the the friends that you could trust on. Uh, and I'm yeah. glad you have the the right merch. And, and what we'll do is we'll make sure we have the links on. Uh, when we lo- when we drop the episode, uh, I just launched this the uh, past couple of weeks. My own merch, also the the uh, the t-shirts and all the different uh, things we're, we're going to try to talk about today. So, what is vertical momentum? I mean, I know you talk about resilience an awful lot, and, and to well, me, uh, for me, I've been through a lot of crap. Um, they nick my nickname is the comeback coach, and I got nicknamed that by Miss a, a guy that we might know. Uh, a gentleman named Gary Vaynerchuk. <laughs> he actually came up with the comeback coach because after we had lunch one day. And, uh, but for me, um, I've come back from drug addiction, alcoholism, homelessness, PTSD, a traumatic brain injury. I went blind uh, two, uh, two years ago. I went blind, 80% blind. So just coming back and being resilient and just never quitting. And I have a new book coming out. I'll be, I'm working on it now. It's called too dumb to quit. <laughs> so it's all, you know, I think resiliency is just being able to have that ability to bounce back no matter, you know, whatever life throws at you, you know, like you said, if somebody swings a bat at you, you got to duck. You know? <laughs> so I think, so, you know, a lot of resiliency, I think that has a lot to do with it. Just being able to uh, bounce back and, and come back from whatever you're struggling with. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I know it sounds like you, you've gone through a lot, well, how did you find resiliency? So today you, you've gotten through it. So how, you know, it's been a long process. It's not just you woke up one morning and it, and it hit, it hit you. It, it probably was a long process. And, you know, obviously homelessness is, doesn't happen overnight. Alcoholism, I, you know, I've been a recovery advocate. Uh, so, you know, those are real serious things to overcome. How'd you do that? Well, yeah. uh, well there was, you know, like in my book, I talk about, you know, there was three major things that happened in my life. Um, one was um, New Year's Eve to uh, January 1989, New Year's Eve. I got a job bartending um, for my friend. He was a police officer at, at his bar. And um, long story short is I actually end up robbing the bar. Mm. And, uh, you know, Eight hours later, him, him and a couple of his buddies come to my house, um, coming to lock me up because now I just I gave away like two thousand dollars worth of free drinks, pocketed like five grand. So right there in New Jersey, you're looking at grand larceny. You're looking at five years. And 
for some reason, I've always had somebody in my life that has been my, been an angel. And I wish I would know who this guy was or remember us. I'd buy him the biggest steak dinner ever. <laughs> but he said, I'm going to give you 24 hours. He's like, because you're 20 years old, you know, you just got out of the military. If you go to jail in, in New Jersey or New York, you know, you're going to be somebody's bitch. He's like, so I'm going to give you a chance. I want my money back in 24 hours, which I begged and borrowed and eventually got it to him. And he said, you got to go to 90 meetings in 90 days at AA. Um, I think I hit like 300 meetings in a row and I haven't had a drink since uh, New uh, January 1st, 1989. Awesome. So it's been 30, I celebrated 33 years. Awesome. That's a, that's a warrior. I mean, you know, forget about, not forget about the, the military, but recovering from substance abuse is really one of the toughest things that people don't understand because people don't understand the whole process and even the fact that you do that. They only can see it from their point of view. But I want to make sure that you, you know that you're a warrior just in that part. And we'll hear more of your story now. You know. Now, uh, just to you know, preface it, um, I joined the military at 16, I mean 17, because um, it was for me, it was either I, I quit school, I uh, had my first drink at 12, full-blown alcoholic at age 13. So for me, it was either join the military or go to jail. Um, unfortunately, I did both while in the military. I got in a lot of trouble, did two and a half years until, you know, Uncle Sam decided he didn't need me as, as his nephew anymore. And he booted me out. So I, I got discharged for being a, an addict and an alcoholic. So then I got in trouble that one time. And then, because like I said, three things, major things happened to me. Um, I, I'm probably one of the only guys you'll ever talk to who gets thrown out of the military and actually gets back in. Mm-hmm. So I actually got back in and was due to be thrown out for the second time on uh, at the end of uh, September of 2001. Not for being a drug addict, but just for being an asshole. And uh, but now a little bit backstory uh, where I'm sitting right now. If I go sit on my front porch, I can see where the Twin Towers once stood. Mm-hmm. And uh, we knew people that were in the buildings that day. And um, I was due to be thrown out. And, as, you know, because I'm sure you remember very vividly being in New York. You know, as this is all happening around the 9.15, 9.20 mark, you know, there's everything was live. There was no editing, you know. So as you're watching it on ZP TV, you know, there's uh, bodies coming off the, the bridge, off the towers. Yep. Um, you know, they were pulling people out of the Pentagon. And as I'm watching this to the right of it, I have all my stuff that I got to turn in because I'm being thrown out for a second time. And God broke me that day. And I, I became a broken man. And I actually cried out to the Lord. I said, Lord, give me another chance. I want to dedicate the rest of my life to helping people that can't help themselves. And uh, thank God I called my company commander. They decided to keep me. I finished with 23 years. I became soldier of the year, became a non-commissioned officer. So 9-11 is the second thing that really changed my life. Um, I wasn't the same person when I went to bed that night. That was the person that woke up that morning. I was a totally different person. Um, it, for when I woke up that morning, everything was about me. When I went to bed that night, I was wondering, how can I help others? So that, and then the third thing is I moved to New Jersey. And I, everybody knows what a Humvee looks like. If you guys don't know what it looks like, it looks like a big jacked up Jeep on steroids. Um, moved to New Jersey and one of our vehicles dro- broke it down on the side of the road. So I went to go get it off the side of the road. And as I'm doing my hand and arm signals, I guess he was a new private young guy. He hit the brakes, hit the gas. I mean, hit the gas instead of the brakes, ran over the whole right side of my body, oh. ran over my head. And I had an ocular stroke that, that day. Um, and, but um, in hindsight, the middle, you know, at the time, the military says, you know, if I, cause you, cause I went blind and they, I went blind in one eye and they said, if you can't see, you can't shoot. 
we don't need you. And here I am, you know, go, my goal was to hit 30 years. I did everything I could become the ultimate soldier. And then um, Memorial Day 2012, they call me in, they take my ID and said, you're not, you're no longer Sergeant Coffin. Mm. And that was the day, Memorial Day 2012, that I attempted to take my own life. Because I didn't know who I was. Mm. I was scared, you know. Everything was wrapped up into being Sergeant Kaufman. Now I had to figure out who Richard was. And it scared me to literally to death. Thank God I didn't go through with it. But that was the day that, uh, uh, or that Monday of Memorial Day weekend, uh, was the day that I actually started going to therapy. And I'm still seeing the same therapist 12 years later. And that's when my resiliency really started, you know, trying to figure out how you got to, sometimes you got to reimagine your life. You got to reinvent yourself. So that, you know, that's where it all started. And then during this whole time that there's like a year and a half lag between the military deciding what to do with me. So they always, when you go down there, you go sit there for a weekend, you do absolutely nothing, maybe play cards, play checkers. For me, I wanted to learn. I wanted to get some knowledge because now I know I'm not going to be in the military anymore. I'm going to need something new. So I started, uh, picked up a couple of books, a book by uh, a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad mm-hmm. by Mr. Robert Kiyosaki. Kiyosaki. I'm actually interviewing Sharon at the end of the month, his co-author. And um, every book that I kept reading about self-improvement, self-development, kept hearing Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary V, Gary V. And I'm like, who the F is Gary V? <laughs> and I found out his father owned a liquor store 20 minutes from my house. So I just happened to call there one day and I said, Hey, when Gary going to be there? He's like, he'll be here Tuesday. So I met him. I got down there, met him for lunch. And, uh, he, so he actually got me started on this whole podcast journey without him. I wouldn't have the podcast. I wouldn't have my own mental health summit. We threw last year. Um, I wouldn't be doing anything that I'm doing if it wasn't for Gary V giving me the, um, I guess, permission to say, you know what? Other people need help just like you need help. So that's why that's what I do. That's why I do what I do right now to help people, because, you know, um, everybody hears the number 22 veterans a day commit suicide. But most people don't realize that on average, 5000 adolescents a day commit suicide. Yep. Yeah. The, and, and the number 22, it's actually higher. I mean, when, you know, I, I've heard new statistics uh, that it's actually higher. It's just. It's just too tough to change the, the, the number, and people are, are comfortable with the 22 at this point. Well, not only that, but um, only 50% of the states in the United States um, actually annotate suicides. Mm, right. So you're looking at 44 right there, and then you're not adding in, um, you know, fire, fire, pe- fire people, you know, police departments, you right. know, other first responders. So, you know, you're looking at probably 100 a day just in that in those genres and not talking you know and then you got the general public trying to out here trying to deal with this covid yeah and and then on top of that you know i I had done some statistics because i i too had tried to hurt myself and you know out of all the people who commit suicide that's a small amount of number of people who've tried you know 11 they 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 say on average it's 11 percent of people who actually are successful but that means there's 89 percent who people who have tried it much like yourself and i uh, you know in that category of Thankfully, we've gotten through that, but that also doesn't mean that they, you know, a lot of those people might not get the right resources. You and I, you know, have seemed to get got the right resources and now want to preach out those messages. Yeah, and, you know, and I think what we're doing now, you know, for like a lot of people, we'll see, you know, these soldiers that are out there doing 22 push-ups a day and all that. For me, that's bullshit. You know, if you're out there listening and if you think you're helping anybody by doing 22 push-ups a day, you ain't doing shit. But if you sent 22 text messages a day, hey, bro, just thinking about you. Mm-hmm. How are you? You know, everybody, we, we everybody's on their phone. So why can't we just, how long would it take to send out 22 text messages or 22 direct messages a day? Mm-hmm. Nothing. It would take 10 minutes. You know what I'm saying? But that one text or that one direct message, that might just save a life, you know, because a lot of times you just might need to hear, hey, you know, like I, I send texts out every day and it's to all my friends, to a lot of my friends. And I'll say, hey, 
you know, I just want to let you know that you're loved and appreciated. You know, hopefully have you in a good day. Sometimes you just might need to hear that. You might not need to hear all the other bullshit. You might just need to know that you're appreciated and, you know, somebody's thinking about you. Yeah, no, that, that there's so much power, what you just said, and it, just showing up. I, I had that last week. I was going through some stuff, and, you know, you know how to manage it. You use your resources, so I was okay. But then I got a, a call from Richard Gordon, who was actually one of my earlier guests. Uh, he's a CEO do, dojo. But he reached out to me. He was like, hey, dude, I just want to say, hey, what's up? And that's it. That's all he, he wanted to know. And it's always nice to be checked out. And, and as men, we need to kind of be honest about that and do that. Right, it's not always about oh come on, you know he he knows what I mean. No, some you need to hear it, and that's the the really valuable part. And I'm really glad that it, stuff like this is is coming out and being spoken about more often. Well, you know, like I just put out a post. I think I did it yesterday. I put it on uh, what is it TikTok. Um, it says telling a person to get over PTSD is like telling a deaf person to lift, listen harder. <laughs> you know you. you a person, you know, the average person might just say, oh, you're feeling depressed, you're feeling blue. But it, it's not that. There's a lot more, you know, PTS is something that happened to somebody. So it's it's not a disease. It's something, it was an event that occurred to somebody. And a lot of people don't realize that. That's why I talk a lot about, you know, PTSG, post-traumatic growth you know, instead of post-traumatic you know, disorder, mm -hmm. post-traumatic growth. Because once you realize something is not a disease, that something actually happened to somebody, that means you can recover from it. Right. And, and that, you know. yeah, that, that's the important part is that growth. I love that because, you know, whatever happened to you is in the past. That doesn't mean, and you do carry it along. I mean, that's one of those things that I talk about all the time is, you do carry it until you're ready to release it and able to. Not only ready, you might be ready the second it happened uh, to release all that stuff. But if you're not able to or don't know how to do that, you're carrying it around. Even if you think it doesn't bother you, it definitely bothers you. And, you know, like something that one of my my mentors, his name is Mr. Ed Milet, um, he talks about how, you know, nothing happens to you. Right. It happens for you. And everything is a teachable moment, mm -hmm. you know. So if you look back and thinking, you know, okay, you know, whatever, you know, like me, I grew up, my mother was, was an addict. Thank God she's clean now, 27 years, um, you know, father left and all that stuff. But if it didn't happen that way, I would not be able to today, you know. So my mess has become my message. Yeah. And I think when people start looking at things like that, you know, for people that have done great things in this world, things have happened to them and it, and it has propelled them to greatness. So, you know, if you can use whatever you, you know, whatever your, your pain is, use your pain as your superpower, you know, start looking at things like that. Well, that's exactly how I created the word cluberty. You know, I looked into my own pain and that gave me the clues of what I needed to fix. So it, it wasn't just getting through a process. It's understanding my process, that growth process, right? So that post-traumatic growth, as you were saying, really I looked at it, but a lot of people don't want to look at where they're at or what might have caused their, their, their trauma. It's not always about you know something that went on. It, it could be a group of things. How, how would you – what are some of the things, the resources that you might have used or, or you have used? I was going to say, you know, um, for me, I do private coaching. You know, I do a lot of coaching. Um, but the first thing I'll tell everybody, I can get you in a better place in less than 30 days. Mm -hmm. And I'll guarantee it. And they're like, wait a minute, how can you guarantee me being in a better place? I say, I'm going to ask you to do three things. And they're not easy. They're very hard. But they're worth it. Number one. Because now I've learned this from the rooms AA and NA, so it's nothing new. But number one, write down all the people that you have hurt in the past and attempt to make amends to them. Two, write down all the people that have hurt you and pray for them and forgive them. Not forget, difference between forgive and forget, two different things. Um, you know, ask, you know, forgive them. And third, the, hard, the most hardest thing of all, 
is forgiving yourself. Because, mm. you know, a lot of stuff we can hang on to, you know, like police officers, firefighters, military, we see stuff and we do stuff that the average person should never see or do. And I think a lot of if if we can just forgive ourselves for whatever's happened in the past and, you know, get, you know, because like, the way I look at it is, you know, forgiveness is like running on a treadmill. You know, if you're constantly throwing bricks into the rucksack, eventually it's going to weigh you down. and You're no longer going to be able to run. Mm-hmm. But if you can start forgiving yourself and taking that stuff out of your ruck and start saying, OK, I forgive you, I forgive you, I forgive myself. Eventually you'll be able to run again. So if you can just do those three things in a month's time, your whole life can change. You know what I mean? Like I said, there's a difference between, you know, if somebody abused you, you know, you could forgive them. You don't have to forget that it happened and you don't have to be abused ever again. But, you know, don't carry on, hold that stuff onto you. Because a lot of times these people are dead and gone or these people that have hurt you don't even think about you anymore. Mm -hmm. And you're still carrying on this. You're still carrying your shit. Right. You know, so I think, you know, those are three things I think if somebody's listening to this, they can do that in the next 30 days. They'll be living a much better life. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly. Uh, you know, I've, I tell people, come on to my, you know, sign up 20 minutes. I will change your life. Now, will I change everything about your life in 20 minutes? No, but I know I can give you some resources that will help you for the rest of your life in 20 minutes and show you in that 20 minutes why it's helpful for you. And then if you want to work with me, then we, we, we have that other discussion. Because I've helped veterans. Uh, you know, one of the things I'm passionate and that was one of the things that are, uh, attracted me to you in that, that you're a veteran. I always like to give back to veterans and helping out veterans. And uh, knowing that you're probably, you know, your, your podcast, then I started listening to your podcast. And I was like, holy moly, this guy is bringing, you know, double-barreled uh you know, some serious stuff, but also talking about the resilience and, my, and you know, mental health conditions. And that's, again, one of my big passions. So, And where I'm going with this is knowing your resources, you can always change that trajectory. Even if out of that month, even if you only changed one thing, it's that trajectory and the seeds that we plant uh, to make people go from, uh, in a different direction. Well, you know, there's a book out there by Mr. James Clear. His name, the book is called Atomic Habits. And he talks about that 40% of everything that we do every day is just habit. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like we get up, we brush our teeth, we get our coffee. If you really think about it, it's all done through habit. Mm -hmm. So even if you just change, you know, one thing a day, like you said, you know, over a a three-month period, you know, you went like this. You know, even though you're just changing that one thing a day. And then what a lot of people don't realize is, you know, once you start changing habits, celebrate, you know, celebrate your wins. And a lot of people think, you know, well, when I I want to lose weight, I only lost a pound this week, you know. And then they, they blow it up because they only lost a pound instead of celebrating and saying, wow, you know, I lost a pound this week. And then, you know, like he's talked about, start stacking your wins. Yep. But celebrate your wins, you know what I mean? I, I always I think- agree. You know, as you climb to the top of a mountain, guess what? You just keep – you have to look down to see exactly what you – where you were. You know, but if not, there's no value to it. I'm, I'm looking at the baseball bat there. I'm a big sports guy. Um, and even if you look at some of the greatest sluggers of all time, Ted Williams, you know, some of the greatest hitters of all time, they missed six times out of ten. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you're if you're missing six times out of ten, you're in the Hall of Fame. So a lot of people just, you know, they get so bogged down and, oh, you know, I didn't make it this time. But you did succeed a couple other times. So start, like I said, you know, start stacking your wins and start, you know, realizing that everything you good thing you do, start celebrating that stuff, you know. Yeah, you definitely have to celebrate your wins and, and what we were saying. And, um, you know, really, if you climb to the top of a mountain, you still look down to see where you came from. That doesn't mean you yeah. you have to embrace it and change your words. So what I'll do is one, one of the things I'd like to share with you is have people stop using the word lose weight because when you lose something, your mind starts to set it back to find it again. You want to reduce weight. You want to eliminate weight. 
that's all fine. And you're exactly right. If you only eliminated one pound a week, at the end of 52 weeks, that's 50 pounds if you needed to lose that much weight. And, you know, most of us probably could, uh, given today's statistics. But, you know, really take your wins and embrace those wins because not every win has to be, in a baseball sense, a home run or a touchdown. You know, I just had a conversation with somebody yesterday. I said, think of all the big home run hitters. Most of those guys struck out or made more outs than they did home runs, but they're known for their home runs, you know, especially in today's baseball world versus the old days. They might have had a high average and hit a lot of home runs like Ted Williams. You know, like Babe Ruth, I'm like, I'm a big Yankees guy. You know, Babe Ruth struck out way more than he did hit home runs. Mm -hmm. But then also, you know, I'm a guy, I, I love, I love the captain, obviously, you know, but you see a guy like Cal Ripken, you know, it didn't matter if he hit a home run. Didn't matter if he hit a, you know, hit a single. He just showed up, and showing up is half of the battle. If you just show up and put your best foot forward, you know, you can become an Iron Man like like Cal was. Yeah, showing up is is, is half the battle, and then what do you do with it? I mean, that, that's why always having that plan and then taking the action. That that's always the the, the biggest parts of taking action. Everybody everybody has that plan. Right. You know, all those sports fans. I mean, you know, we've been in the stadiums and especially Yankee Stadium. Right. Everybody there is an expert on the outside of the field and they all know what they would do if they were in that position. But not having that plan of action or even having the ability to do that. And we all have the ability to change our lives. That one percent piece of life that we do have a change. And everybody has that power. Well, you know, I, I'm releasing number episode 384 later on this afternoon with a gentleman named John Joshua B. Lee, and he's huge on LinkedIn. But we talked about pivoting, you know, kind of like, you know, Mike Tyson said, you know, everybody's got a plan until you get punched in the mouth <laughs> <laughs> and you got to pivot. And I think a lot of people, especially during COVID, are having trouble pivoting. And for me, I, I, I look at COVID-19, I mean, I, even though it's bad... I still look at the positives in it. Like a lot of people said, you know, well, you know, a lot of people are going to be home. That means a lot of people are going to be listening to my podcast. So, you know, I kind of look at it because I had I was in the health and fitness industry for 30 years. But then when I lost my vision, I can no longer work. So I had to kind of pivot and start the podcast. So a lot of people, I think, have problems pivoting or changing. They think, you know, maybe because my business went under. Because, you know, in New Jersey, New York, I think we lost like um, 100,000 restaurants in New York and New Jersey alone. So, you know, a lot of people think, well, I lost my business. Now I'm a failure. And they don't realize, you know, that failure is not a person. You know, failure was an event. Yep. And you can come back from it. You know, so I think that's something we need to start talking about more is, you know, that's one of my podcasts is mostly about talking about resiliency in life and business. Because usually if one is off, they're both going to be off. Correct. If, you know, if you're struggling in your personal life, your business is probably going to be shit. Or if you're struggling in your business, your personal life is going to be crap. So, you know, we can, you know, that's what I think my show is about, talking about resiliency both in life and in business. Yeah, no, definitely. You have to have that right balance. I mean, that's that's why I use the bat. So everybody teases me uh because they're like, oh, the bat, you want to use violence. I'm like, no, it's actually the bat. The bat is actually all about nonviolence. It's all about finding those non-negotiables or the balance. Because even when you're swinging, if you're a sports guy, right, you, if you're swinging, if you're off balance, you're not hitting the ball well. Yeah, you might have the still of the ability and you can overcome some of the, the unbalanced part of it, but you can't do that consistently, right? No matter who you look at, you know, there's always the famous story of Mickey Mantle, using the baseball references again, but... You know, when he was injured, he hit a home run 400 feet by using one arm. Yeah, he had all that talent, but he couldn't do that all day long. It, it, t- it took him that much more effort by struggling because he was off balance. But when you have the right balance and respect those balances, you definitely could be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I mean, just think, you know, because like I said, I'm a big, I'm not a big, not as not, not much as big baseball. I'm a big football guy. But, you know, talking baseball, you know, sometimes – if, you know, if the count is, you know, three and oh, you know, sometimes not taking the bat off your shoulder is a good idea. 
mm-hmm. just, you know, get walked, you know? So sometimes making a decision to stand pat and not make any decision can be really smart also. Yeah, no, no, definitely. Uh, you know, and that's what you have to do is thinking about it. That's part of that resiliency we always talk about is how to think better. Uh, one of the things that I do is I, I suggest ways that people could think quicker but act, react slower. It's part of the challenge when you have experienced PTSD is you want to react very quickly because you're, you're stuck in that piece of challenge uh, versus, it, you know, if you're able to slow it down and, and realize that you're not in that same situation anymore or you're in a safe space and be able to think differently. So using the football mentality is I always go, you know, the first year, you know, if we remember Eli Manning, that first year he was like, oh, this game is too fast. By the end of the year, he still had all the faces because of the offensive line, but he was able to make those decisions better. And that's what it really is, is learning to consistently do it, consistently make that plan, and consistency is always going to help you grow and move past all the obstacles that you have. We'll be back in a moment. Into the black. Hey, hey, everybody. You know who it is. It's George Andriopoulos, the launch dad himself, the host of your favorite podcast on the planet. No offense to whatever show you're listening to right now, but you know it's true. I'm coming at you to tell you that we are back from winter hiatus and we are rolling deep in season three. This is the podcast about unconventional leadership, right? You listen to this thing, you hear stories of unconventional leadership. You hear about people that have gone through the struggles that you have gone through and they have come out the other side and attained the heights of leadership. And guess what? You can do it too. And that's what this whole show is about. Join us every single Monday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, all of the platforms. We are there. We are coming at you hardcore every single Monday with brand new episodes. We are a top 60, top 60, because we just broke 60 at some point, Apple Podcasts in the category of entrepreneurship. That means something, right? So come check us out every single Monday. We are produced by Launchpad 516 Studios, and you know that means it's good quality. Thanks for joining us, guys. I'm going to let you get back to this amazing show that you're listening to right now. Later, guys. You're listening to Peace, Love, and Bring a Back with me, Uncle Dave, Dave Schmetz. I'm taking a deep dive onto Tony um, what's his name now? I got, got his mind. I'm listening to him on my, my, uh, audible and, um, Tony Robbins. Mm-hmm. And he said, if you look back five years from right now, the decisions you made five years from now, that's what made your life what it is today. Mm-hmm. So think if we look at it that way, the decisions that we make today are going to be our future. Right. So sometimes we just have to think about, you know, not what I'm going to do tomorrow, you know, not what I'm going to do next week, but be present in the moment and just make one more right decision. That, well, that's it. Again, going back to that one more decision. But that's that planting the seeds today to watch the trees for tomorrow. That's why yeah. we, we all do it. Uh, you know, I tell my kids all the time, you know, you know, hey, I'm not doing this for you. You know, because I always have, I have two teenage daughters and uh, they always go, what are you doing this for? I go, I'm not doing this for you. I'm doing this for my grandchildren, um, and which, you know, it really is. If we start changing the behaviors, uh, you know, like you said, you, you, you grew up in a house uh, where there were some challenges, some substance challenges, and you're doing this for you to make sure that you stop those type of situations, being able to talk about it and involving yourself. Now, you said you earlier about that you run a, a mental health summit. How often do you do that? Uh, well, this last year was the first one that we do, and we're, we're, we're working on another one. It was called um, Today I Decide. Mm-hmm. So if somebody wants to check it out, um, they can go to their search bar and hit hashtag Today I Decide. It's a free summit. Um, we had 10 different speakers. I was the opening, and then I was the keynote. And it just went through, you know, all these different speakers talking about mental health. And it was free. 
everything I do is for free. It's always, and they can check it out. But it was just, you know, because I can reach certain audiences that you can't. You can reach audiences that I can. And there are certain, like I got a couple female veterans, they can reach the female audience that I can't reach. So that's why we had to, we got like 10 different speakers from all different walks of life talking about resiliency. You know, whether it was sexual trauma, whether it was mental trauma, whether it was um, emotional abuse, you know, there's all different kinds of abuse. You know, there's, Mm -hmm. you know, even in relationships, a lot of people think, oh, well, domestic abuse. Yeah, it doesn't have to be physical. It could be emotional. You know, it could be, you know, not giving somebody love, showing them love. You know, that is abuse. Mm -hmm. You know, and a lot of people don't realize that. They just think, you know, you hear domestic abuse and you think, you know, black eyes. No, more people, I think, are emotionally abused in relationships than they are physically abused. So that's why we wanted to have a summit to where everybody can come and feel comfortable. They might listen to me and they're like, yeah, yeah, I don't want to hear about that crap. But, you know, Annette's story, Annette Wittenberg, her story, you know, how she overcame sexual trauma as a little girl. And now she has a podcast talking about resilience. So, you know, maybe Joanne might want to listen to what she's got to say. So that's why we did it that way. So we kind of touched a little bit everybody. So everybody had somebody to listen to they can relate to. And, and if they needed, we actually had um, to where anybody can get in tech and get in contact with all of us. So it was something that was it was really fun to do. Yeah, no, like, I, I I can imagine, like, and 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 I, I, you know, of course, if you if you'd like, I I would be more than happy to be participate in that, and yeah. uh, you know, it, it really because it is one of the things that I do is I think we all need to talk about it because even if something that I don't like, you said, if it doesn't resonate, if what I say doesn't resonate with you, that's okay. But there's somebody out there that it will resonate with, and that's who the message is for. It's for everybody, yeah. but. We just have to resonate it differently, you know. Again, where how we re, how we uh, uh, you know really respond to everybody else. Well, like for me, you know, like I've been on stages all over the world now, and the first thing when I get on stage because I, you know, I, I'm, I'm with some of the bigger heavy hitters, you know, and and I'm like, listen, guys, because like when I go up on stage, I'm in jeans, mm-hmm. t-shirt, hat, and I'm like, listen, guys, I'm not here for your wallet. <laughs> I'm here for your heart. And for 99% of you guys, this message is not for you. So go play on your phones. Don't even pay attention because it's not for you. And then when you tell somebody something is not for them, all of a sudden their ears perk up. They're like, why isn't this for me? Mm-hmm. And I always tell myself, I'm here for that one person. The one person that came here with, with their heart broken and that don't want to go home and eat their gun. That's mm-hmm. the person that my I'm here for. And usually it works out well, then everybody listens at that point. You know? Sure. So, you know, and like you said, you know, you might not be able to hit everybody. It's a kind of like that story about the little boy walking down the beach, you know, just, just throwing the, the crabs back into the water. And the old man walks up to him. And he said, son, you know, he's like, you can't save them all. He's like, yeah, but I just saved this one. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I, that's what we do, me and you. You know, like I may have 176,000 downloads. I don't care as long as I have one person that decided to go get help from listening to the show. Right. And that, and that's my idea as well for the show is not, not, nobody wants to hear me talk all, all day long. You know, it'd be great to do that. But really, it's finding people like yourself who've also gone through it. You're not alone. That's what I want to make sure everybody yeah. understands. We're not yeah. alone. And, if this show doesn't resonate with you, great. Then I guarantee you there'll be another guest. And some of it is just, you know, really just, okay, I just want to have entertainment. We don't always have to talk about mental health. We just need that safe space where I can listen to something and just be comfortable. And that's why I, 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 I when I introduce myself, I'm always, hey, I'm Uncle Dave. And it's creating because everybody has that one person you can go to. Uh, it doesn't have to be an uncle. It, it, it could be anybody, you know, a friend. As you said earlier today, when when I came up with the name of the, your podcast, you reached out to a friend and were like, "Hey, I'm not really sure what I wanted to do," and he came up with vertical momentum, and you were like, yeah. "Oh my god, I love it!" Yeah, but but you know, like me, I growing up, you know, I moved around. I think I went to like 13 different places before before I hit high school, so I never made friends mm. until about I moved to New Jersey with like 50 bucks in my pocket and the clothes on my back 10 years, 12 years ago. 
And at one moment I sat there and I'm like, man, I'm looking around. I'm like, I got no friends. And I'm like, well, dumbass, <laughs> in order to have a friend, you got to be a friend. Yep. And I was like, oh, I was like, now, now I get it. In order to have a friend, you have to be a friend and put yourself out there and be vulnerable. So I think, you know, now I have so many friends. I mean, I, I have my tight knit. There's maybe like five of us that I call them my amigos that I know that if, you know, something goes down, they're in their truck on their way up from Florida or North Carolina. You know, I have my close circle, but I still have a lot of people out there that I consider friends. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I know exactly. Yeah. You have that inner circle and that's what you have to do uh, is start relying on those things. And, you know, it's really using your resources, including the people around you. Uh, that's where yeah. most of us have the, the challenges. Uh, I, I know for me, it was just uh, the, the avalanche of life that, that came hitting me and you couldn't carry it yourself. And when you decided that it was time to start carrying it again, you carried it smaller, left a lot of things behind, but also then moved on and learned how to carry the things I needed to, but also who really helped you carry those things. And, you know, I think that's there's a great part of being on social media and there's the negative part. Mm -hmm. You know, for me, if, if you follow me, if you at all, you know, I'm 100% real, 100% vulnerable. You know, some days I'm going to be like, guys, I feel like shit today. I'm not feeling myself or, you know, or, or I'm, you know, maybe guys, hey, I'm struggling with my weight today and I'm feeling like crap because a lot of people, you know, once you're on Facebook and especially Instagram, it's like everybody's using filters, you know, and, and everybody's, you know, because they're always putting their best foot forward. You know, but I think there's times when there's people out there, like when you see, sometimes you'll see a Gary V video he, where he's been in, in, in the air for 14 hours flying. And he just looks at you and says, listen, guys, I feel like shit. Mm -hmm. You know, we can all relate to that guy. Right. You know, we can't, sometimes we can't always relate to the person that's always on stage wearing a three piece suit, you know, always have the, the most eloquent words where sometimes you just might want to hear, especially if you're from Jersey or in New York, you're a dry guy dropping an F-bomb you're like all right I, I understand I get it so I think a, a lot of it I think people just need to start getting real you know well I think that's what it is is being most authentic uh, you know when, when you find that authenticity within ourselves and embrace that so I am who I am you are who you are and it's okay I'm happy with myself and really at the end of the day that's all that matters you know it doesn't matter you know like I, I you can't really see it uh, on the video but um you know, I have like a goatee, you know, like I have, I have the old uh, mullet and everybody's teasing me. You know, I play softball uh, during the, the summer and spring and all the guys give me a hard time. And I go, yeah, you're all old enough, but you guys can't grow hair anymore. So I go, I have it. Does it bother you? No. Then shut the hell up. You know, and, and that's really what it goes down to. Yeah. But, you know, going back to the sports analogy, you know, like, like you said, I'm a Yankees fan. My wife's a Mets fan. Uh, God bless her. I love her. Um, but, you know. <laughs> You get you, you can look at a person like Jeter, never says anything out of the way. It's always about team. It's never about me. Then and he'll he's known as you know the captain. Mm -hmm. Then you get somebody like A Rod has all the talent talent in the world, but it's all about him. It's never the name on the front of the jersey. It's always the name on the back of the jersey, and he'll never be known as a Yankee. Right. So I think sometimes we got to take take stories like that and say, all right, you know. Am I being real? Am I being Jeter, or, or am I being A Rod? You, you, you yep. need you need to reevaluate, uh, you know, yourself at all times. And I know for myself, when I tried to, I growing up, I had a nickname Kid Ego, and I loved it. I, I mean, I, you know, it, it was Kid Ego. I don't know if you remember that song from uh, Extreme. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, I was like, yeah, you know, big ass, big mouth, and, and, and stuff like that, um, and. At the end of the day, when I tried to hurt myself, the part that came out is is this Uncle Dave piece, not the ego piece, uh, because I realized that no matter what, if I was go because I was told uh, or I heard words that said it's not your time and that you need to talk more about mental health. You know, you need to talk more about the the challenges, and that's what I've been doing since that point. You know, I, I had a TEDx speech. I've I've had other talks and. That's the part that we have to, once we separate the ego from who we are and find out our most authentic selves, 
it, it made a difference for me at least. Well, for me, you know, and, and I totally agree. You know, I studied mixed martial arts for a lot of years and all the guys I met that were like high ranking, you know, they never wore their affliction t-shirts. They never wore UFC t-shirts because they know, all right, if we fight, you die. That's the end of the story. You know, you don't have to be cool. You know, kind of like somebody once told me, if if a guy drives up in a $250,000 Lamborghini, he doesn't have to do 200 miles an hour. He can do 55 because he knows he could do 200. So I think a lot of people, once you get that attitude in check, to are like, all right. Like for me, I know if, you know, if I get in a fight with somebody, you know, I'm they're not going to make it. But I'm not going to also walk around looking for a fight either. I'm going to do everything I can to not get in a fight. Because like you said, sometimes you got to check your ego at the door. And, you know, and and for me, you know, like a lot of people on social media, like you said, they have big egos. You know, um, for me, I was told that heroes talk about themselves, but legends get talked about. Yep. I'd, I'd rather be a legend than a hero. I a hundred percent. And that's why when I talk about, uh, and it sounds like you've lived it, you, you know, most of your life, not only being a veteran, but that service leadership, right? I'm not looking to be the guy on the stage that everybody goes, Oh, I need to talk to him. I need to this. I want to be the person they want to talk about, um, in a good way. That's why it's uncle Dave. I want you to remember me. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but not in an ego sense. I want you to remember not only the guy that in the green suit, but because of that green suit, you actually then start going, Oh, I know what he was saying. Not, you know. Again, that's why when people go, "Oh, it's about the bat," I know you're you're from New York. You want to like, no. I want you to remember actually the opposite of the violence. I want to switch that that mindset of no. We're looking for better peace, and that's why peace and love is always the answer. I, my, me and my son were joking around the other day. We talked about yeah, well, violence, you know, solves everything. I was like, son, when a mosquito lands on your balls. That's when you learn that violence. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's exactly it. But um, yeah, I, I mean, it, it, some of that's learning, right? No matter what. Uh, and you have to be ready to learn at the right time. You know, all the information is out there. So we, we could all have that information. But, it, you know, the teacher appears when the student is ready is one of the, the famous sayings. And you have to be right. I mean, when, you know, years ago when you were drinking and all those things, we could have said to you all the AA was out there, right? It was out, you know, it, it's been out for, you know, almost 100 years. Um, yeah. But you have to be ready for, for that change. You have to surrender. One of my mentors once said, he, he said, life changes when you learn how to surrender. And I go, so how do you learn how to surrender? He goes, just give up things. And I go, just give up. I, he goes, just give up the attach the attachment to it. I go. So how do you do that? He goes. Just do it. But you have to do it for yourself. You can't. You can't stop using the word buts. So again, when you start changing words, you know, don't use the word lose. Hey, I reduce it. Instead of saying I have to accept something, say I receive the message in what happens. To, what happened to me? Yeah, man. You know, I had a privilege to talk to a multi a billionaire actually. And I said, what's the difference between a poor person and a rich person? He said, simple vocabulary. Mm. He says, you know, a lot of poor people, you know, they'll, they'll talk about, you know, they never, they don't talk about investing. You know, they don't talk about, um, you know, they'll, they'll always like, like Robert Kiyosaki and Sharon Lecter talk about, you know, rich people, they don't ask, um, why can't I afford it? They ask, how can right. I afford it? So I think your life, at the end of your whole life, I think it's based off the questions that you asked yourself is what, the, is what your ending is. Yeah, no, I, and I think that that's 100% right is how you look at it. And it's that point of view, that perspective that we, that we look through things. Yeah. Okay. Now, I know I've used a lot of your time and I don't want to eat up any more time. Is it, so we were talking about earlier about having those seeds that we plant and it, it, the, the things that we do today – that will grow to something that we want to be in, in five years. Do you have any seeds that you'd like to plant or, or some information uh, as we yes. part? One thing I'd like to say is the three most important words in the English language are today, I decide. Today, you can make the decision whether you want to be the same person that woke up 
when you go to bed tonight. Because, you know, we all know we've all ran over squirrels. And a lot of the times it's because they don't make a decision. You know, they may they survived if they would have went left or if they would have went right. But a lot of times they made that decision just to stay here, stay pat. So if you guys want to change your life, it's up to you. It can change in a split second. And a lot of people say, Rich, it's impossible to change your life in a split second. And I say, no, it isn't. What happens if you would have went into your doctor's office and he said, you got cancer? Your life changed right there in a split second. Right? Mm-hmm. So all you have yep. to do is make to make a change, you decide, all right, I don't want to be this person anymore. That's what when I woke up this morning, because I go through this every day, I said, you know, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I don't want to be like I tomorrow, like I am today. So everybody can make that decision. You know, today I decide is the three most important words in the English language. So you decide if you want to be a victim or a victor of your circumstances. I love that. Uh, and it's funny that you mentioned about the, the squirrels. Uh, I'm writing a book about indecision and saying the roads of Long Island are paved with squirrels. Um, yeah. and because uh, same thing is probably in New Jersey. Uh, yeah. You know, right? It's all about indecision. If the squirrel would have yeah. kept on running, it would have been fine. If Woody had yeah. gone straight to the police, none of this would have ever happened. Exactly. Um, okay. Thanks so much for your, your your time and your knowledge. And you know, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll connect again. And of course, we I'd love to hear about when you're planning your next mental health summit to either participate or at least support in any way we can. Hi, right, brother. All right. God and bless. what I want to do is just wish everybody some peace and love as always. And when you need to bring a bat, non-negotiables, man, boundaries, and hit that sweet spot and hit that ball out of the park. Have a great day. All right, guys. Boom. God bless. I'm really glad that you're enjoying our show. Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat is brought to you by Launchpad 516 Studios. Executive produced by David Chemetsky and George Andriopoulos. Music selections by James Grant, Zach Nelson, and James Gaither, and licensed through Storyblock. Sound effects and sponsorship music licensed through Epidemic Sound. Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat is hosted with Podbean. Subscribe to our show wherever podcasts are available. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and share with all of your friends. Follow us on Facebook at Peace, Love, and Bring a Back. Follow me, Uncle Dave, Dave Shemetsky, on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Clubhouse. You can find all those links and more info at davidshemetsky.com. For show ideas, feedback, guest inquiries, or just to chat, reach out to me at peacelovebringabat at gmail.com. For sponsorship and media inquiries, reach out to Peace Love Bring a Bat at lp516.com. Make sure to follow all the great podcasts produced by Launchpad 516 Studios. Today's journey has come to a close, my friends. I hope the seeds of peace and love continue to grow for each one of you. Remember that peace and love surrounds you and will assist you to rise again. But don't forget to bring a bat for what you believe in. Namaste. Namaste.